Hey, mic check, mic check. It's been a while since I've used this equipment. I hope properly calibrated everything. Although it's uh, <clears throat> just it, it's exactly where I left it. So uh, I guess I probably it probably should be fine. Um, yeah. So like I have to say every couple months, I'm back. But uh, no, I I thanks everybody for the um, comments and the reviews saying you wanted me to keep recording. Honestly, I would have quit a billion years ago if it wasn't for so many good comments. So keep those coming, and and I'll probably be able to keep recording. Um, yeah, I went through what we call some life changes. Um, uh, yeah, not not like uh, like gender-altering surgery per se, um, although it's not off the table. It's not. It's definitely not. Um, no, uh, I'm living what you call the single life now. So uh, all you, uh, you know, skeptic ladies out there. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, so, yeah, sorry about that. I've, you know, life has happened and I haven't recorded for a while. Um, it, the other podcast isn't, isn't even going. So that's how you know, because that one's actually fun. This one's kind of work, but... But it's work I do for for my lovely listeners, of whom I don't know any. But still, it seems like from the messages, you guys are pretty cool. Except for the one or two I get, I just have to say this, uh, that are really backhanded. I don't really, I don't really know what's going on there. Like I, I'm, all, I'm all for just, just honesty, you know. But I usually tend to think that if somebody hates my podcast, they just won't bother listening to it. But uh, no, I've definitely got a couple com- really backhanded kind of thanks, I guess, sort of posts. But hey, that's better than nothing. I'd still, <laughs> I'd rather have somebody post that they hate my guts and this Bible podcast is the worst podcast ever made than uh, somebody just not not review it because I need those iTunes reviews. I think that's the reason that I continue to have listeners, even though I haven't done a podcast in this um, millennium. It's millennium. Yeah, millennium. Um, it's been since I was actually, when I started the podcast, Jesus was still like friggin' writing the Bible. Um, cause Jesus wrote it. That's, I don't know if you know that, but, um, no, but anyway, all right, let's get to the Bible. Enough of this, enough of this talk. Uh, I don't remember what's going on, but I'm going to try to, <laughs> I've also, the other, the other part of this equation, I've, I've had an episode written or, you know, I write little notes or whatever. I don't like script it out, but. Um, I've had little notes written for, uh, I don't know, at least pro- probably like half the time that it's been that I haven't done one. So if it's been three months, I've had this written for like a month or two or a month and a half. And, uh, so I don't remember writing this stuff, but it, se- it, it seems pretty good. I gotta say, some of it seems kind of funny. We'll see. We'll see how, <laughs> how it goes. Okay. So we're on judges two. Oh, also most important part. Ah, yeah. Nice. Jo- Johnny Walker black, uh, Christopher Hitchens, uh, Scotch of choice, I think. Mmm. Just bought a nice, fresh, tall bottle the other day. It's good. It's a good ingredient to the, to the podcast. Judges 2. And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land, which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars. But ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? And uh, I think the answer was something like, well, see, all the, uh, 
All the killing you were having us do. I mean, it was really taking a toll on our bodies. I, don't get me wrong. We're all... It's, this isn't a moral issue. Like, we're fine. We're fine with the killing, everybody, that you're having us do. I just... This is just, like, logistical. Like, I've got this... My shoulder's been popping just from, just from so many, like, just kills, you know? I'm all for killing and killing frequently, but I, I'm just thinking may, we need a break or something, like an off-season, you know? And then you know, negotiate contracts and have training camp. And so this killing my back has just never been the same. It's, it's, it's never going to be the same. Uh, so it's really, it's not so much, like I said, it's not a moral thing. It's just, we, it's killing is hard. Like it's one thing you just order everybody dead, but man, freaking, you're the one doing the lifting. It's, ah. Anyway, wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass, when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept, and they called the name of that place Bacham, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land, and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnatherus, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. Uh, I could swear Joshua already died. I know it's been... Roughly 20 or 30 years since my last podcast, but I thought Joshua was dead. Um, but maybe I imagine that. In any case, uh, I guess I'll thank Joshua again for dying, because you can't, you can't thank him enough for dying so quickly. He was really taking one for the team here, put us out of our misery. So I would assume Joshua being dead, that probably about wraps it up for the Bible, right? It's got to be, you know, should be pretty close to done, I would think. It's, couple more pages maybe but well i'll just read tell you what i'll just read you know and then we'll see if if it ends maybe it's a short podcast you know if the bible just ends here we'll see and also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers and there arose another generation after them which knew not the lord nor yet the works which he had done for israel scotchy scotchy and the children of israel did evil in the sight of the lord and served balaam and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers. Which okay, this wasn't in my notes, but I just I just had this thought now. So what it's saying is one generation of Israelites died, and then the next like spawned somehow, and they were all evil, like they all served other gods. So is that just bad parenting or or did they do they actually like the minute a baby was born, the father just died? Like just right because I would think that, you know, like father, like son you wouldn't think there'd be such a cutoff there, but but no, the one generation he said, you know, they died, and then the next generation, like, like, like Dracula coming out of a coffin, sort of just like straight up, you know, with somehow like like with ropes or something. The next generation came up and was like, what? we don't have to worship this god, <laughs> uh, or no, they weren't. They didn't say that. They didn't even know him. They're like, uh, anyway, I'm just gonna whatever nearest god I see, and that happened to be uh, Baleem, whoever that is. 
Uh, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them. And ba- yeah, like you would do if you just awoke and had no uh, parenting, I guess. I don't know. And bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. So, okay, the notes I've written, I'd taken a, uh, this is previous me, uh, taking a different angle. Um, I was going to say, what kind of crap god do you have to be for your people to forget about you every ten minutes? Which would be, because we know they didn't just, you know, suddenly pop into existence. Like, obviously, even though it's a new generation, I'm sure their parents taught them, right? So, so their parents have probably told them, like, we've seen millions of miracles. You know, God helped us win battles. You know, we've seen God just blow people to smithereens for not obeying him. And then Joshua dies, you know, a couple days later, everyone's like, oh, man, I could really go for some foreign, fake, not real gods. Anyone, hey, anyone heard any good gods lately that they, let's, uh, let's, let's check it. You tell you what, let's check out whatever's going on in these heathen lands, um, that our actual true God has warned us about a lot. Let's, uh, let's see what they've got going in the God department, you know, let's shop around. You know, I don't want to just, don't, don't just buy the first God you see. Uh, you know, try some others out, even though even though supposedly they uh, they know he's real and they've seen him do stuff. I, you must he must just be a really uncompelling god, just just not just doesn't doesn't grab attention. You know, he's not just that's how it is. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Hmm. I, I want to know how that's any better for God, because supposedly their enemies are worshiping false gods, so how is that for God? Like, why does that help him, you know? I think he just he just has a communication problem. Just tell your people what you want, and, and you know, supposedly, presumably they're not going to forget about it 15 minutes later. He probably just needs just talk to your people. Be a good God. It's, you know what? It's 8 p.m. Do you know where your people are, God? Who they're worshiping? Whithersoever they went out, the hand... Of, that's an awesome word. Whithersoever. That's one word. Whithersoever. I want to use that in conversation sometime. Well, whithersoever you are going tomorrow, just let me know. Uh, whithersoever they went out, the, the, <laughs> the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said. And the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, name drop for the title of the book, uh, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went a-whoring after other gods. Let's go a-whoring after other gods. And bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not do so. And when the Lord raised them up judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. Hmm. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them 
and to bow down unto them, they ceased not from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. I don't really know what's happening here. So supposedly the Lord is raising judges and the judge is, is like is helping them. He's like, no, stop worshiping other gods. Worship the real God. And they're like, oh, I worship the real God. Yeah, who would <laughs> who would want to do that? You know, who would want to worship the supposed, you know, if you go along with the premise of this little book, uh, who would want to worship the God that's actually real and doing things and, you know, killing people mainly? Uh, who, I don't want to worship him. I'm going to go make up a God who's not going to help me and is going to actually get me killed with real God. Anyway, so there's a judge. So the Lord is raising judges who help the people. But then the judges die and the people just turn to sh- crap again. You know, like, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe just, I, it's so weird. Like, what? okay, God, so then make more judges or have those judges train other judges? I don't, it must, it must really suck being as incompetent as God is. It just, just kill yourself at that point. If you don't, if you can't manage this, then I don't, I don't even, there's nothing for you here. Just God, you should just, just put your head in your giant God oven, you know, or start the car and the, in the God garage and just, you just don't seem to be able to manage things very well. Um, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, as like it usually is. And he said, Because that this people hath transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and have not hearkened unto my voice, I also will not henceforth drive out... All right, hold on a sec. <laughs> um, like I said, I wonder what percentage of, of the time God isn't just completely boiling over with, with anger. Because, you know... His anger, once again, was hot against Israel. I just picture him as this guy, like, constantly just just huffing and puffing, like this old man, just yelling at everybody. And he's mad at what they did. Oh, God, I'm so mad. Just every everything they do makes him mad. Like, I told them not to do that. <laughs> yeah, must, he must cough a lot trying to talk like that. But anyway... I'm amazed, like, his heart has lasted this long. He must just have awful blood pressure. You know, he's just eyes popping out all the time. Like, oh, the Israelites! Oh, so mad! Yeah. Uh, and this anger of the Lord is hot. And people committed fathers to not hear from my voice. I also will not henceforth drive out any of them from before of the nations, uh, from before them of the nations, which Joshua left when he died. Uh, way to go, Joshua. Way to die before you kill all the other nations. That through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein as their fathers did keep it or not. So he's keeping around some nations as a test to the people. Therefore, the Lord left those nations without driving them out hastily. Neither delivered he them into the hand of Joshua. Okay, that's, that's chapter 2. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Judges 3. I'm sure it all gets it all gets much better. Now these are the nations uh which the Lord left. Oh great. I'm sure there'll be some awesome lists going on. Everybody get out your pens. 
Let's get a, get a list of the nations, because we need that. Now, these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many as Israel had not known all the wars of Canaan. Only the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war, at least such as before knew nothing thereof. That was completely incomprehensible. Only that the generations of the children of Israel might know. Only that the generations to teach them war, at least such as before knew nothing thereof. <laughs> okay, well, if you understood that, you're a smarter person than I am. Um, a lot of the times, it's not so much that I couldn't figure out it, what it says, it's that I just don't have the patience to figure out something completely meaningless. But anyway, uh, I'm pretty sure what he just said was that he left purposefully, God left a handful of nations around just so that his people wouldn't forget how to fight um, you know, like, yeah, I could have just annihilated everybody else, but why not leave a few practice nations around? Just, you know, lest your killing arms get rusty. Just, just a few to just, just keep your sword arm sharp. Namely, or, or he could just killed all the nations and you wouldn't need to use a sword ever. That could be the other way to go. Namely, five lords of the Philistines and all of the Canaanites and the Sidonians and the Hivites uh, that dwelt in Mount Lebanon, from Mount Balhermon unto the entering in of Hamath. <coughs> Man, the, doing that angry God impression has ruined my throat. I'm actually quite a bit of pain right now. I'm sure scotch is the best thing for that. <clears throat> and they were to prove Israel by them, to know whether they would hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. And the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, Hittites, the Amorites, and Perizzites, and Hivites, and Jebusites. And they took their daughters to be their wives, and gave their daughters to their sons, and served their gods. So they pretty much just mingled with the people, like they were not supposed to do, I'm sure. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and forgot the Lord their God, and served Balaam and the groves. They served Balaam and the groves, not to be confused with Balaam and the Grooves, which was a funk band from the 70s, but Balaam and the Groves. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of... Ch what the... F Chishen... <laughs> well, this is just a joke. This can't be actually real. He sold them into the hand of Chishenrishethaim. C-H-U-S-H-A-N-R-I-S-H-I-A-T-H-A-I-M. <laughs> King of Mesopotamia. And the children of Israel served under... There's nobody, even during that time, that ever got that name right. That can't, whose idea was that name? That can't, the punishment here was actually just that they had to say the guy's name. You know, had God enslaved them under King Jeff or something, it wouldn't have. It would have been fine. They would have been like, "Oh yeah, King Jeff, whatever, that's fine." But King Chesarev, same. There's no way I'm ever gonna say that right. I'll probably get beaten for not being a Chesarev. Somebody look look up this name and tell me this is not just an absolute joke. There's no. There's why. 
Why didn't somebody ever tell this guy, like, hey, do you need that? Do you need 25 extra letters? You know, just go by King Shush. C-U-H-U-S-H, which is the beginning of the word. Just King Shush or King Chushin. Something. That's close. That's fine. What do we need? Shushin Rishishthame. Rishishthame. What? What were they thinking? Did they have any? They just had nothing to do back then. So they, hey, let's add eighty-two letters to this guy's name, and then he'll be king. Well, I'll, I'll have to say it. King Shushishthame. I wonder if it'll be what, like one of those British words, you know, like Worcestershire sauce, where they just say, yeah, Worcestershire. There's somehow that's that word. You know, Worcestershire sauce. I actually get mad at that, so I say every syllable. Because, like, why, do you, why is it that if you don't want to call it that? If you want to just call it Worcestershire sauce. Because that's what people say. They'll say, like, yeah, Worcestershire sauce. Somehow that's Worcestershire. Worcestershire so like what? Just rename it Worcestershire sauce. Don't. Why do you bother even having the Worcestershire? I don't know. It annoys me. Anyway. Uh, and when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them. Even Othniel, son of Kenaz, totally reasonable names, Caleb's younger brother. And the spirit. Just in case you're wondering. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel, and went out to war. And the Lord delivered the same king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. But his hand was not big enough to hold the name. So he needed 20 hands. And his hand prevailed against Shishrathim. Mainly because I think it must have been like the battle cry of Shishrathim's of warriors. They were probably like, Everybody! Let's fight for King oh, I'm dead. Like couldn't couldn't say it in time. That's what I think. That's that must have been what happened. Um, so yeah, uh, what's the message here? I'm one. I want. I would like to ask our friend God because um, I don't get it. It's if so. If you disobey the Lord, He punishes you, and then you complain. You go like, Hey, what, hey, Lord? I know we've been worshiping the wrong God and everything, but come on, like. Really? What? That's what you're doing to us? Come on. And then he rewards you. Like he, he kills Shusharashnetzer's name. That's what happens. What is the message? I don't, I don't understand. Well, <coughs> I don't get it. You know what? This only makes sense. And I'm cheating here a little bit because I'm projecting to the future. Uh, this only makes sense. Uh, assuming that what probably what happened is that was enough and that the children of Israel never did anything wrong again. That's okay. I'm cheating a little bit because I've read ahead, but, but yeah, that, that may, then it makes sense. Like, I guess if you, if you're the Lord and you know that the children of Israel are never going to misbehave again, then sure, go ahead. And once they complain, say like, okay, you get, you understand what's going on. I'll deliver King from you, you know, and so that's what happens. That's to just answers that question. I don't want to give it away, but I'm sure this means that the children of Israel never misbehave again. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. (laughs) Wow, okay, no, just very next verse. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord's like, Eglon, (laughs) Dore, Eglon, you're up next. Uh, take this Ghostbusters two reference by the way in case you didn't. take them out 
you know, Eglon, you're up, you're up. Eglon must have said like, yeah, but Lord, once the children of Israel complain to you, you know, you're not just going to throw me to the wolves, right? I mean, you know, they're the ones disobeying you. Why don't you just let me kill them and I'll be your chosen one now. And I, you know, my people can be your chosen people. You should do that instead of, you know, this system where they complain, then you kill me. I don't, I don't really like that. Let's go. They, look, they're the wrongdoers. How about you come down, talk to my people, get them, get them worshiping you, you know, and, uh, you know, see how it goes. God's like, look, I, uh, I, I can't promise anything, but, uh, I'll think about it. And, uh, and he gathered unto him the children of Ammon and Amalek and went and smote Israel and possessed the city of palm trees. So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. That's kind of a long time. But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, took them 18 years, they just were distracted, you know, things to do, errands, that kind of thing. The Lord raised them up a deliverer, Ehud, 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 Ehud. Sometimes I wonder how they pronounce these things back in the day, you know. E-H-U-D, Ehud, 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 Ehud. Or was it like Ehud? I don't know. The son of Gera, a Benjamite, a man left-handed, which <laughs> was a big deal back then. And by him, the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. That's nice. That's nice of them. But Ehud made a, him a dagger which had two edges of a cubit length. And he did gird it under his raiment upon his right thigh. And he brought the present unto Eglon, king of Moab. And Eglon was a very fat man. And when, I'm just, this, I'm just reading now, that actually said that. Was a very fat man. And when he had made an end to offer the present, he sent away the people that bear the present. But he himself turned again from the quarries that were by Gilgal and said, I have a secret errand unto thee, O king, who said, Keep silence. And all that stood by him went out from him. And Ehud came to him, uh, and he was sitting in his summer parlor, which he had for himself alone. And Ehud said, I have a message from God unto thee. And he arose out of his seat. And Ehud put forth his left hand and took the dagger from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. And the haft also went in after the blade and the fat closed upon the blade so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly. <laughs> and, and the dirt came out. Interesting. Uh, a couple of funny things. First... I love how stupid people apparently were back then. Uh, sir, I need to speak uh, with you alone, away from anyone who could possibly protect you. Um, and I, I know I'm sort of a representative of a people you've enslaved for 18 years, but rest assured, I have the best of intentions. <laughs> and the king's like, why? He's like, uh, uh, you know, I have a message from God. Well, can't. Can't my bodyguards hear it? Or no, no. <laughs> you clearly you don't know God like I do. Absolutely not. You see, it's a it's a secret message uh, 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 from God. And the king's like, oh, well, yeah, uh, sure. Why didn't you say so? All right, everyone out. I'll be fine. Don't worry. Don't, and no, don't search him. Don't search the guy, please. Why do that? That's it's, it's no reason to search him. It's not like he's, you know. 
a representative of a people I've enslaved for 18 years. That's no reason for that. Come on, be civil. Anyway, yeah, so that's stupid. <coughs> and then dirt came out of him when he died. Just seems... I'm not, I doubt that could be true. I kind of, I sort of doubt the science that was done. Was an autopsy done? How do they know that? Then Ehud went forth through the porch and shut the doors of the parlor upon him and locked them. And when he was gone out, his servants came. And when they saw that, behold, the doors of the parlor were locked, they said, Surely he covereth his feet in his summer chamber. And they tarried till they were ashamed. And behold... He opened not the doors of the parlor, therefore they took a key and opened them. And behold, their Lord was fallen down dead on the earth. This was some years later. (laughs) Uh, And Ehud escaped while they tarried, and passed beyond the quarries, and escaped unto Siraph. And it came to pass, uh, when he was come, that he blew a trumpet in the mountain of Ephraim. And the children of Israel went down with him from the mount, and he said before them, uh, and he before them. And he said unto them, Follow after me, for the Lord hath delivered your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. And they went down after him, and took the fords of Jordan, and the Jords of Forden, toward Moab, and suffered not a man to pass over. And they slew of Moab at that time about 10,000 men, all lusty. I just They all had erections, I guess. They slew all, everybody with an erection, they slew. And all men of valor, and there escaped not a man. Uh, not a man. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land rest had rest fourscore years. And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines six hundred men with an ox goad. He also delivered Israel. On to the next chapter. That last part was too important for this chapter, so it had to be put in the next chapter. <clears throat> Water break. Oh, man. Throat is killing me. (coughs) Judges 4. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. Ah, man. Does this storyline never get old? Um, I am just thoroughly entertained by the exact same thing happening five or six hundred times. Isn't it so exciting just to read the same exact plot? Like, you never know what's going to happen except that you know exactly what's going to happen. God, if real is the least creative person in the history of time. Just just throwing that out there. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in Herosheth of the Gentiles. Once again, I hope you have your pens out for all that. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, as usual, for he had 900 chariots of iron. Uh-oh. And twenty years he might he mightily oppress the children of Israel. Mm. Wow, this king got to rule the Israelites for twenty years, and uh, so that's extra. That's more than the previous two kings. But it must be because of those pesky chariots of iron, tough to deal with. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, uh, Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel and Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak the son of Abinuayah of Kedesh Naphtali and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor 
and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun, question mark, and I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. Ooh. No more scotch. This better be over soon. <clears throat> ah. uh, and Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee. Notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. And he went up with 10,000 men at his feet. And Deborah went up with him. Now, Heber, the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had severed himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent unto the plain of Zenaim, which is by Kadesh. And they shewed Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, was gone up to Mount Tabor. And Sisera gathered together all his chariots, even nine hundred chariots of iron, and all the people that were with him, from Harosheth of the Gentiles unto the river of Kishon. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and ten thousand men after him, and the Lord discomfited Sisera. <laughs> he didn't kill him, he just just discomfited Sisera and all his chariots and all his host. And and so they're like, Ah, oh, mm, I'm not ah, oh, like just can't get comfortable. In this chariot, it's not... It just was fine the other day. It's not... Ow, it's lumpy. It's not... Oh, I'm dead! That's what happened. That's basically... Interesting battle plan, I think. The Lord discomfited them. You know, while they were busy with that, uh, they were killed. Uh, uh, With the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Herosheth, of the Gentiles. And all the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. That's an unfortunate fall they had. They all just fell upon the edge of a sword. <laughs> there were a bunch of swords on the ground. They all just, banana peels probably. Just, oh, oh, shit. Edge of the sword, all dead. Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of jail. Oh, I, lo- I remember this now. I love this part. Jail the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was a peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite, as everyone knows. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And we, when he had turned... So this is a, girl, a woman. So the king runs into a woman's tent, and the woman's like, Oh yeah, come in, it's cool. And when he had turned in unto her tent, she covered him with a mantle. And he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Then he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be, when any man doth come in and inquire of thee, and say, Is there any man in there, that thou shalt say, No. (laughs) Sorry, I gotta... (laughs) That's really good. Like, I'm sure this woman was a little bit insulted. Hey, um... I'm going to hide in here. And uh, 
if somebody comes by and says, like, is there a man in there? You need to make sure to to tell to say, uh, say no. And the woman's like, really? Wow. Okay. So I sh- should say no. So I shouldn't say yes. Is what you're saying? No, 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 don't say yes. Say no. Anyway, then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it to the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I told you, this is a great part. Um, so she, she killed him by just hammering a nail through his skull, which must have been a really long nail, and he just, just died. Just, that seems like it would be hard to do, even if someone was asleep, you know? One hit, and I'm sure they would be awake, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm no doctor, but it would have to be a really good hit not to, at least for them to, to, to move around a bit, I would think. Anyway, so that's what happened. Um, I don't really know what this is all supposed to mean. So this, there's a ridiculous cycle of disobeying God, suffering the consequences, complaining, and then being rewarded. It just seems pointless. I don't know, not sure what to say about it. I just kind of hope the Bible moves on, you know? Uh, and behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, Come, I will shew thee a man whom thou, uh, the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead and the nail was in his temples. And the guy must have just been like, what the hell happened here? How did you think to nail him in the head? Why didn't you just hit him in the head with a hammer? Really hard, you know why? I don't understand. Why did you nail, a, like try to hammer a nail through his skull into the ground? I, why did you, ugh, weird. Anyway. So God subdued on that day Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, the king of Canaan. So that's the end of that chapter, chapter (coughs) 5. All right. Then sang Deborah and Barak, a son of... Oh, this is always good. Sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for avenging... Of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves. Here, oh, plus I got to give this some melody, right? Here, O kings, give ear, O ye princes. The worse melody, the better. O ye princes, I even I will, I will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. I smell number one hit record. This is a, I love when the Bible starts singing to me. It's good. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled, and the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped, water, the mountains melted from before the Lord, even that Sinai before the Lord, God of Israel. It's a terrible song. This song's terrible. In the days of Shamgar, the sons of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through byways. You know, I've always wondered, I've always been annoyed at how songs, specifically like, you know, Bruce Springsteen or some crap, once they say uh, highways, they're absolutely committed to saying byways afterward. It's not, it's not negotiable. There's, I think this might have been where it all started. 
You know, there's never a song ever that says like on highways. It doesn't happen. It's always on the highways and byways. Like you always got to add in the byway. I don't even know what a byway is, but you have to add it in. I can't. A song cannot have highway without byways. It's just how it, it's just how it goes. I think it started in the Bible here. One more reason to hate the Bible. The inhabitants of the villages. See, oh, sorry. The inhabitants of the village. No, I should stop. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose. <coughs> sorry, a little stuffed up. That I arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates. There. This is terrible. It's really boring. I'm just gonna try to get through it as usual. <coughs> okay. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates. Was there a shield or spear seen among the 40,000 Israel? My heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless thee, the Lord. Speak ye that ride on white asses, <laughs> ye that sit in judgment and walk by the way and hide the way. They that are delivered from the noise of archers in the places of drawing water. There shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord, even the righteous acts toward the inhabitants of his villagers of his villages in Israel. Then shall the people of the Lord go down the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake. Utter a song, arise, Barak, and lead the captivity captive, thou son of Abinah. Song is terrible. Then he made him that remaineth have dominion over the nobles among the people. The Lord made the dominion of the mighty. Out of a frame there was a ruling against Amalek. After thee, Benjamin, among the people, out of my chair came down the governors, out of his balloon, then came the handle of the pen of the rider. And the princes of Issachar were with Deborah, even Issachar, and also Barak. He was sent on foot into the valley. For the divisions of Reuben, there were great thoughts. This is a song I'm reading. Keep in mind. Why abodest thou among the sheepfolds to hear the bleedings of the flocks? For the divisions of Reuben were, there were great searchings of heart. Oh, I'm so bored. When is this song? This is like a friggin' Stairway to Heaven length of a song. It's probably longer than that. Gilead abode beyond Jordan and wide. They, this song could not be played on the radio. It was, it was a big problem back in the day, you know. It's hard for them to market it. Ah, Gilead abode beyond Jordan. And why did Dan remain in ships? I love the question in a song. That's a good... <laughs> Asher continued on the seashore and abode in his breeches. Zebulun and Naphtali were a people that jeoparded. That's a cool word, like jeopardy, but jeoparded, like it's a like a, a verb, you know. Jeoparded their lives under the death in the high places of the field. The kings came and fought, then fought the kings of Canaan and Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. Uh, they took no gain of money. They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. The river of Kishon swept them away, that ancient river, the river Kishon. Oh, my soul, thou hast trodden down my strength. Then were the horse hoofs broken by the means of the prancings, prancings of their mighty ones. Curse ye, Miraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to help of the Lord. I don't freaking know what's happening right now. Who cares? Blessed above women shall jail the wife of Heber, the Kenite bee. Blessed shall she be above women in the tent. <laughs> you, wow, high praise. You are blessed above all women in tents for <laughs> killing this guy in a tent. He asked water and she gave him milk. She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the nail and her right hand to the workman's hammer. And with the hammer she smote Sisera, she smote off his head. When she had, that's not how I remember it. When she had pierced and stricken through his temples. 
At her feet he bowed, he fell, he lay down. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell, down dead. That's... Is that how it happened? I just read it. That doesn't sound... The mother of Sisera looked out at a window and cried through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in the... Well, that's just unnecessary. Now you're seeing about, like, his mom being sad that he died? It's assholes. Her wise ladies answered her, Yea, she returned answer to herself. Have they not sped? Have they not divided the prey to every man a damsel or two? Damsel or two to Sisera pray a diverse of the, what the of diverse colors, a prey of diverse colors of needlework, of diverse colors of needlework on both. This must have been. I, I'm curious what the melody was here, on both sides. Meet for the necks of them that take the spoil. So let all thine enemies perish, O Lord, but let them that love him be as the sun. When he goeth forth in his might, and the land had rest for forty years. That's the end of that chapter. I wonder if we have to go through all this again, because that's going to be a little frustrating. And that's actually the end of our reading for today, kids. Oh, man. Feels good to be back. I'll try to keep it up. Um, Thanks so much for sticking with it. Keep, you know, tell your friends. Um, And keep writing reviews, please. I really appreciate it. Reviews are great, and they keep me going. So, yeah, see you. I don't know when. I'll try to make it soon for another episode. 